welcome to on and off the pitch. It's better late than never. Um, <laughs> it's a Wednesday, <laughs> not a Tuesday. Um, hello from me. I'm Rodney and Emma's in the house as well. Emma, how are you? I'm all right. You know, not too bad. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, as we just uh, did this before we went live. Uh, it's been quite a boring day, really. Bit of work, nothing much. Is oh, okay. me. Yeah, nothing I'm going to say opposite. It's not been boring. It's been <laughs> it's been eventful, but I'm just glad to get like an hour where I can just distract myself and just talk about the talk about talk about stuff. <laughs> I tell you what, look, let, let's get on with it. I, I I sent a tweet out. Why is it an international break? Why is there an international break now? Tell me why. You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> All these. Do you know what? We play out the season, and you get to a certain point, and you say, "Oh, you know it's coming, but when is it going to come?" And it always comes at the wrong time. <laughs> like seriously, I, I, I mean, I, I'm obviously so still new to the women's game. Mm. You know, I, I'm. A, I would call myself an advocate. I speak up for it. There's so many international breaks at time. Like, how many games are left for the end of this? Like, like, three games. Yeah, it's not long. It's not long. And obviously, the FA Cup semis and the, the final to play and, and the conclusion of the Champions League, you know, it, the schedule gets a bit tight this end of the season, doesn't it? And uh, the rearrangements of fixtures and stuff like that. And, and I suppose you just want to get them done and dusted as well. Because so many people are focused on how it's going to play out now. You know, you're in that final stretch and you just want to crack on and get it done. You know, you want to see, you know, what's going to happen. I mean, I'm, I can't wait, you know, this, you know, we've been building up to this now and the, the running momentum that we've had and the battle, you know, for those Champions League spots now is really on. So I just want to get stuck in. And, and like you said, the, the international break comes at the wrong time. And I'm not particularly interested in the, in, in, in the internationals at the minute. Um, obviously, there are games that need to be played and, and done, concluded for playoffs and qualifiers and one thing and another. But you know, I, I, I think I don't. I think because England are host, I don't think there's as much interest because we've already kind of got our bye to the tournament, haven't we? So it makes it that less kind of exciting, I think. And especially after the back of COVID and the few friendlies that we've had and, and the tournament, the Armour Clare tournament and stuff like that. And yeah, it, it, I don't know. I'm looking I, I, forward to the summer though. No, well, let the summer take care of itself. That's the, that's the bit <laughs> that's that I'm... A whole I'm that's thing, a whole different thing. Yeah. What I don't understand from a very simple position, why have you got an international break now? What is the purpose? Championship, two, three games left. WSL, two or three games left in the league. Imagine now that you, right, okay, for example, we're talking about Champions League spots, right? It's going to go to a Manchester club probably, right? Third spot. Imagine what, um, one of your players goes there now, Ellen White goes there, she gets an injury. Yeah. Going to be happy with that? No, absolutely not. You know, that's, nobody, club, no club wants that. You know, you, you want, you always, regardless of what time of year it is, you know, your players go away on internationals, you hope that they all come back fit uh, and available, you know, for the next, for, you know, the next game. So it is hard. It is hard. And, and especially, you know, 
when you're coming off of the back of a bit of an injury sort of crisis and you you really get into a point now where the the core of your squad is pretty much back and fit and you know you don't kind of want to see anyone sort of get caught up in in sort of injuries and and being unavailable sort of especially as you kind of make the run into the final towards the final of the the end of the season sort of thing so yeah people kind fans always kind of look on a little bit apprehensively I think um as to kind of how it's going to play out yeah like you said, I, I mean I don't even know who we're playing <laughs> who we're playing is it Macedonia I can't even I don't even have a clue what, uh, uh, another another full-time team then yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and do, Not- do you know what I think I think it was good to have the Arnold Clark because they were a little bit you know, up until that point, I don't think I think it's a fair fair to say that I don't think we really faced an opposition where we'd been truly or could be really truly tested. So I think it was a good sort of uh, opportunity to see where we're at in terms of the squad um, and them sort of getting that opportunity to play together. So I'm all for things like that where it does become a there is a little bit more emphasis on, you know, your oppositions and who you're coming up against and how you fare against them. Um, but it's all now about preparation, isn't it, for the summer tournaments and the Euro. So, yeah, um, I suppose, that, that you know, that's that's why we're here and that's why we're in this position at the minute. Uh, you know what? I'm trying my best not to swear. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's fine. No, it's I just, fine. I, I'm just I, trying to be positive. But I, not, yeah, I get it. You know, two games before the end of the season, you want to see your star players go away. You're trying to get Champions League spots. You're trying to win the league. You're trying to get somewhere. And they go away and get injured in, in, in an international break, which isn't really necessary to happen now. Could happen. Mm-hmm. You, you could get the camp together at the end of the season, see who's available. Got plenty of time until the tournament. I mean, yeah. crying out loud, it's only April. I mean, like, if you think if you think back to to COVID, if you think about the schedule for players on an individual, especially those that, that have been consistently called up, um, you know, those that feature the likes of Kira Wolves, they when you look at the, the bigger picture as a whole, they've had three years, really, where they've not had a, a break. As such, you know, they've not had that time because obviously COVID's played its part, you know, um, the tournaments, um, the Olympics, you know, limited lack of preseason, you know, they've not really had any sort of time for themselves. So as as professionals, they've really dedicated and there are a lot of players within that England squad at the moment that have, have really dedicated themselves to, to, to the cause and to wanting to play for their country. And I think people do forget just how much is we expect of these players sometimes and how they sacrifice so much too um, to, to get to where they are. Um, and I think that goes out the window a lot of the time too. Um, you know, there are players that really want to compete in this tournament. There are some players that for them it might be the last and they want to give it the best shot in terms of, you know, being called up and getting being able to play. So, you know, there's a lot of that a lot of go a lot goes into it that I think sometimes just gets forgotten about too. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for sentiment, but if you know, 
yeah, I, I, I get that. You know, they're putting a lot in because they want to go to it like everyone else. Like, you know, okay. But the league for me is your bread and butter. But yeah, I'm talking about that from the position of being a, a long-time football fan of the men's game. The women's game, very different. It's the international scene that drives mm -hmm. it. Club football plays second fiddle. You can mm -hmm. see that because of finances, because of sponsorship, because of fan um, crowds in the, uh, in the ground. You can see that. But I, I just felt, when I looked at an international I think, break, I just thought, yeah, oh, I think now? Come on. Yeah, I think there's a different kind of attitude towards the women's international break that we see of the men's like I get really fed up when the men's international break comes and I equally get just as fed up now when the women's international break comes too um you know I would love to just carry on uh, the season is so short when you look at the games played you know oh, and it's, it just goes right back to where you know <laughs> You need to kind of expand the league. Oh, yeah, that old chestnut. Like, old, no one's listening. Oh, yeah, here we go. Same old. Oh, same yeah, player. we're a top league, but we only got 12 teams. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, right. yeah. No, I'll tell you what, let's 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 get away from, from, from uh, internationals for a minute and uh, let's go and talk about the football. Um, I want to start with the championship first and I'll, we'll flip to WSL. We kind of bounce in between because, you know, keep it fluid. Mm -hmm. um, Liverpool. 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 Uh, promoted to the WSL again. Um, a fantastic game uh, between themselves and Bristol. But, you know, hats off to the Liverpool players. Hats off to the Liverpool head coach, Matt Beard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Going back to the WSL after after being, or I would just say after parting ways with West Ham, and going yeah. to do a, a kind of rescue job at at Bristol, which was probably very impossible at the time. Um, yeah, best team in the league um, by far in terms of their performances. Best team in the league in terms of the wins, goals. Um, you know they bid farewell to the, the FAWC and it's it's hats off to the liver birds. That's what it is. Yeah. Congrats. Very much so. I think obviously Matt, Matt Beard's perfect appointment really. Um, you know, we speculated, you know, mm. as to who we thought would be suited for well suited for the job and I believe we, we even said his name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um for me, there was no other choice. Yeah. Um, if anybody knows um, how to to get the best out of a team and certainly winning and um, achieving, um, it's Matt Beard. And, you know, he's, he's proven, I think, himself as a manager once again that, you know, right players, right squad, right investment, um, right people behind him, um, he can drive success. And um, I'm sure that they will be competing, um, you know, certainly in in the, the top half of the table, at least, that's come next season. You know, they've got some really good players in there that, you know, experienced players as well at, a, you know, WSL level, um, be the likes of Mal Lawley, you know, Meg Campbell and, and players like that as well. And it, it's it's good for the game. It's good mm. for the game. You know, nobody um, 
really ever expected Liverpool to be, you know, ones that would be, you know, in that in that position in the first place. You know, it's Liverpool. You know, everyone expects Liverpool to be in the league um, and competing at that at that top level, elite level. So um, you kind of knew that it was going to be they were going to take it seriously and they weren't going to be there for long. And that's just what's happened and, and fair play to them. You know, um, they've played some good football, uh, attractive football as well. Um, they've been drawing, you know, good crowds, um, you know, and, and the, the fan base in particular as well has, has, has grown, which is always really good for the game too. And um, I think, yeah, I think we'll all be pleased to see them back in the league, I suppose, where they belong. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the game itself, you know, um, 5,000 plus fans yeah, watched a championship game. Exactly. And, you know, we sometimes struggle for that with the WS, WSL game. So, you know, whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. Um, and, you know, it's it's refreshing. You know, there are I think there are lessons to be learned, you know, for maybe a lot of clubs here you know, how they've gone about it, what they've done. Um, they're in, you know, they're in a really good position at the moment. And I think maybe it was a wake-up call. Mm. Let's be honest. Um, it was a bit of a wake-up call, but they've, um, yeah, they rose to the challenge and, and Matt Beers delivered and so have the team. So, well done. Well, yeah, I know a lot of people will be looking at to think, oh, who, who are the players to look, to look out for? And uh, everyone will talk about, you know, as you mentioned already, Lawley uh, as one player. Uh, 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 Taylor Hines yeah, is Taylor. always is She's really good. She's as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. just, you know, if, if I mean, the, the few times that I've watched Liverpool this season live is that as a left-back, uh, she has at least one shot a game on goal, which is really good when you see a defender take a shot. And I like think I can score from here. Yeah. You know, and that in itself is is just part of the ammunition that that Liverpool team have. Um, the acquisition that they got in, in January or just this December, uh, Katie Stengel, a point person to to link up with um, Kernan and uh, Furness as well. Just, Furnace, yeah. yeah, just. I always forget about Furnace. You can't forget about Furnace. I know, I know, that's really boss. bad. And <laughs> again, he's one of those experienced yeah. players that has really driven the squad too, and definitely a massive mention to her because I think, yeah. you know, without her in the squad, um, I think she's been integral. Oh. Really, uh, the balance that they've got as well um, yeah. has been really, really good, and yeah. it'd be interesting to see. Um, what Liverpool feels it needs to do now to kind of take it to the WSL a little bit, um, and those sort of areas that they need to address because I, you know, I know that they're a club and a team that are going to take it seriously. Um, so yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see. Um, I think there could well be, you know, um, some really interesting signings made there as well. Yeah, there, there will be. There will be. You know, I, I, right. Congrats. Before I kind of want to go over to the WSL for a bit, but before we do, I need to talk about Bristol because they have made the championship really interesting. Not just them, not just them, but this game had it had everything. It had everything that you needed in terms of attacking football. You know, flair, um, an eye for goal. 
and Bristol have demonstrated after a really shaky and an uncertain start at the beginning of the season, they picked up momentum and pushed themselves like that, that, you know, with the games that they've got left, they could comfortably see themselves just being second, which may be too bold to say, could they be seen as favourites next year mm-hmm. because of the run, the, the, the end of the season that they've had this far? They'll yeah. look at what they need to do themselves and they'll know after playing Liverpool, that's the standard. Yeah. yeah that's I the mean, standard. We've talked about Bristol um, at length and, and I, th- I, I kind of feel like they're one team that are just going in the, in the right direction that just mm. need that little bit longer mm. just to drive it to take it where it needs to be. But they have proven that they can now. You know, yeah. they are in the thick of it and they can compete. Um, and it's given them something to fight for, which I think will spur them on and fuel them when sort of looking and setting them goals for next season that they can sort of, they are within reach as well. Um, I think it's been, I think if you're a Bristol City fan, I think you've got to be happy. I think you've got to be happy. Given how, how, Difficult it's been over the last like couple of seasons and and just those relegation battles in the WSL and and sort of being at that sort of end bottom end and not having much to celebrate in terms of the results and you know it, it I, I feel as a fan that that can really sort of get to you a little bit you know and it gets to the team and it gets to the club you know, in morale and, and building that positivity and, and that mentality, that positive mindset, um, this has been really good for Bristol. And I think they've just got to use it as fuel to spur them on now um, and just make a few little changes uh, and hopefully just keep with what, you know, which with what is really showing for them that works at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, Nat, Shahan, and DM. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're just thinking, oh, next season. Oh, yeah. rubbing the hands. Yeah, rubbing yeah. the hands. They, they, and and do you know what? I think, you know, they, they obviously got a really good attendance as well for the Liverpool game. And, you know, I, I, th- I think there are, like I said, like a lot of positives, you know, mm. that they can take away from this. And like you said, the Championship as a league overall uh, it's just showing how competitive it is. You know, even if we lose Liverpool, without a doubt, it's still going to remain a, a very positive league, uh, a very competitive league, sorry. And there are a lot of good players within it that are showing that they are more than capable at performing at, at really high levels. Um mm. So, yeah, I, I think it's great that they're also getting that little bit more attention um, and, you know, more eyes on that Championship League is only, can, which can only be seen as a good thing, um, makes sort of like looking at ahead to sort of next season a fairly exciting uh, prospect. Yes, I can't wait. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few other teams that we need to talk about, but we're going to shift focus and go and talk about WSL. Uh, just after this. Nana. Has anyone seen Nana Palmer? (laughs) 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 I I honestly, I never ever know what I'm going to get with them breaks. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Nana Palmer. I met her very briefly, very briefly I did when they came down They're at the beginning of the season. Um, there you go. I thought I'd do that. That was for the, the Vixen cast crew. Yeah, I know they, they travel and uh, always have a chat with Nana Palmer. Listen, I, I'm, if I, if I, if I, I probably, if I'm honest, I probably wouldn't have put Bristol as a second, you know, a second place team in that league this season. Look, there's a lot of teams in there that could have well have finished above them. And listen, if they had just started off getting those results, they, they could have well been in that, that, you know, promotion support themselves. So, yeah, think, yeah. you know, the, it, it's, it's been a relatively good season for Bristol and certainly, like I said, lots of positives to carry forward for them. Definitely. Look, let's talk WSL. Um, Chelsea, Arsenal doing what they're doing, right? Let's not even try and go over it too much. Mm-hmm. You're scoring five goals against teams. I mean, what can you actually dissect in terms of an, an, an analytical point of view? You're just burying people. Mm. That's nothing... it. Yeah, it's like... Nothing that, what, it's one of them, isn't it? If you're not really that interested in the kind of like what Arsenal and Chelsea are doing, you're kind of just wondering how many they've won by. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, you know, especially... Chelsea. Um, yeah, that kind of firepower. You just think, who they're playing? Oh, yeah. what they're playing? Oh, okay, I'm gonna. I wonder yeah. how much they're gonna win because I'll be honest with you. When you've got such a host of games to look at across the WSL, and you think I'm gonna choose this one, this one, this one looks interesting. You look at Arsenal and Chelsea. You're thinking they're just gonna win that game. Mm. I hate that they're though. Win. They're gonna win and they're gonna score a lot of goals. And everyone's going to talk about them as if, it, and I'm not thinking, well, okay, that's great. And I'm not, it's not, that's not their fault. But I'm thinking, you know, I, I want to watch a game where there's a bit of a competition and teams don't turn up to get their tummy tickled. Yeah. So I'll look at other results first mm-hmm. before I look at what they're doing. So apology, Chelsea fans. Apology, Arsenal fans. Your, your team did well. You scored lots of goals. One of you is going to win the league. Who do you think it's going to be? Um, it's in Chelsea's hand, really. Yeah, it's, it's in their hands. It's, I, can't, it's got... I can't, to be honest, I can't see see past like Chelsea at the moment. Chelsea. Like, yeah. I just well, don't say I that still, to Man United fans. You know. I still don't feel <laughs> like I feel that Chelsea are almost like the complete package. Yeah, um, I feel Arsenal just aren't there. You know, well, what I mean, I'm still, yeah. I'm still like not. I'm still not impressed by them when I watch them play. I still feel that there's more that they could do to kind of get more out of the the players in the squad. Mm. Um, I just, I just kind of feel, yeah. I just, I just always look at Chelsea and just think, God, they are a, a really strong team. But I don't have the same feeling when I look at Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, t- to be honest, when you're coming towards the end of the season and you're chasing for a trophy, the last thing you want to read, and you made reference to this on Twitter, I did see, about yeah. Miedemar. <laughs> Miedemar, yeah. <laughs> Where's she going? You're like, oh, oh. Fine stuff like that's so boring. Like, it's the same, can I swear? It's the same yeah, every time. Um. <laughs> And and and, and as, as, a, as an Arsenal fan, you must be so like you must find it so frustrating. You know your best player. Where are they going to go? You know, it. We've all been there. You know, we've all 
play victim to kind of speculation and you know are they aren't they are they going to commit are they not I mean I remember when I mean everyone's going sick about Williamson at the minute now listen last season let's be honest nobody knew whether she was going to commit to Arsenal or not and did she or did she not when she signed a new contract with the club not specify how long she was going to be at the club for now everyone's like oh yeah she's Arsenal through and through and through commit to your club then <laughs> commit to your club and say right I'm here till 2020 whatever do you know what I mean for me that's that that's not committing to your club oh. that is just seeing how next season is going to go and then I'm going to weigh up my options and look at it again right. this like, is something this is something that's just come to me this is nothing I've got do you do you believe or could you imagine where she's received a sneaky WhatsApp message from a Steph Houghton saying, don't, <laughs> don't do nothing. Hold on. <laughs> oh, the last couple of days. Oh, my God. You're going gonna to get the armband and then we'll sort out the other thing, yeah? All right. Shh. Yeah. I know. Like, it's it's just drove me up the wall, honestly. Um Congrats, congratulations! Look, I'm not. I'm. She's she's captain. That's great. You know, she's done a great job when she's been given the armband. That's fine. Not got an issue with that whatsoever. But when you talk about these players, no player is blue, red, through and through. Not whatever. Look, not if the contract is right, that's going to get signed. It's going to get that's done. It. Yeah, it's a done it. deal. Look, listen, if they want to go and play in Europe, let them go play in Europe. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes yeah. It, it's not about, you know, oh, you know, Champions League and this, that and the other. Obviously, that plays a part. But look at how good some of the teams are in Europe at the moment. We'll come on to that. Don't get, don't jump uh, the gun. Don't jump the gun. I want to talk about the chase for Champions League. It's going to come down to goal difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. To it is going to come down to goal difference. And to be honest, I was expecting a bit more, uh, you from, know. From, from who? From City. From oh, okay. City. In terms of, um, you know, we've had a couple of games where we could have well sort of had a... a ah, it's annoying because you were talking about goals and like running away with games and stuff, but you know, like a high, a bit of a high-scoring game where we could maybe just bridge that gap a little bit. Obviously, the Birmingham game, again, was sort of one of them games that I was looking at, again, where, you know, potentially we could go and score a few goals that could make potentially have an impact and make a bit of a difference. I think, obviously, with a lot of United games earlier in the season, they were, they were scoring well, uh, but they've been relatively low-scoring games that have obviously come in our favour sort of towards the back end of the season. So mm. I think it is going to be really, really interesting um, how it's going to play out, um, to be honest. Would you... The game against West Ham, you won 2-0, City won 2-0. Yeah. I thought that that was the game where where Manchester City would have turned a screw and said, right, we're going to yeah. score as many goals as we can during this game. Because to be honest, West Ham played well, but they they provided enough opportunity for City to score more goals and they didn't take that chance. Yeah, exactly. And, and that that's that's exactly it. I, I don't... I kind of just felt like we weren't really at our best 
mm. um, that we kind of just didn't, like you say, turn it on enough. Um, we could have well just kind of got a few more goals and, you know, um, we made a lot of changes and, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of just, I look at it like, was did we just look at it like we just wanted to win the game and then just sort of take the foot off the pedal a little bit? But then as a manager, I would have expected him to be like, no, no, we need to be ruthless and we need to really, you know, up the tempo and, and, and be a bit more, you know, clinical and, and a bit more driven. Uh, and I, I didn't really get that from the performance, to be honest. Um, you know, West Ham played well. I'm not going to take anything away from them. You know, it's, it's West Ham. But, you know, again, those are the sort of games where you feel that they could you could well look back on as a, a bit of a missed opportunity. Um, again, you know, Birmingham left to play. Um, if that's a if, if that turns out another two nil or a one nil or something like that, I'm I'm not, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, but the thing is, the Birmingham games; those are the games that you go to and you think, yeah, we're going to win, and they Birmingham do something. Yeah, exactly. Look, listen, I'm I'm not going to underestimate underestimate yeah. anyone. Um, no, Birmingham. I mean, look what they did with Arsenal, you know, they've had exactly. really good spells this season. Um, they're, it's just unfortunate they're in the position that they are, um, without mm. doubt. You know, we've yeah. played Birmingham, you know, sometimes it's a really difficult place to go. Um, but with the confidence, I think, within the squad at the moment, I think it's really enough to carry us to the world the end of the season now um, and, and get the results. Um like you yeah. said, I don't want to say it's in United's hands, uh, you know, as much as it's in ours. You know, it, I don't, I hate those sort of games where you've got to depend on everyone else. Um, we can only just ensure that we're there, you know, we're winning our games and we're winning well um, in case it does come down to goal difference. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it's coming to go, it's going to go down to goal difference. So it, do, you I, not, do you not I, think that, do you not think that United are going to drop points anywhere? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Hmm, interesting. I don't. Think, I don't. I don't believe they will drop points. Um, I believe that the the points that will be dropped probably be above the, the teams above, mm. either Chelsea or Arsenal. They'll drop points. They'll go so, on and do what they need to do. But do you think the, it's gonna? Do you think it's gonna be decided on the last day of the season then? I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I I look back at the West Ham game. Man City had roughly about seventy percent. Seven attempts on target, West Ham none. And I'm thinking, seriously, this was the game that you go and win 4-0 and you just put the squeeze on the team above you and go, right, we've scored four and we've conceded none. Let's talk. And just by that game alone, you leapfrog Manchester United and you go third. And then it changes the whole feel of everything. It, and it really does. And I, I, I kind of, this is what I said in terms of Man, um, Arsenal and Chelsea. They're doing what they're doing. They're scoring five goals for fun. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. No, That's that the difference. The difference. I, I, I do kind of feel um, at the moment like, I mean, it, it, again, it's a, probably another conversation further down the line, but um, we kind of know now where we need to, you know, strengthen, you know, and, and I think it's quite obvious that, 
we need to get somebody in that's you know proven in terms of strike force up front. Um, saying that though, you, we've really found a really good spray of goals, especially in the second half of the season, where sort of everybody's contributing, um, which is really interesting because obviously where we've sort of we've never we've, we've only had a few games where we've played like Bunny and Shaw as a you know like a, a a kind of striker partnership if you like up top it, we've really been playing as that sort of like that solo striker and then with like someone behind like Stanway or you know you've got Caroline Weir or and and the wingers sort of thing it'll be interesting to see how direct Chloe Kelly's going to become in terms of, you know, looking ahead and how she's going to fit into the squad now. Um, I can't wait to see how that's going to sort of play out because I think it makes it really interesting because, again, we're going to look completely different and the squad is going to look completely different uh, when she's, I think, fully fit and available to us. She has some way got to fit into that squad. Yeah, do you know what? I'm I'm conscious that we need to talk about a few other teams yeah, as well. I'm mean, no, no, no. It's good. Um, it's really funny that you said that, and I thought you were going to say some someone in terms of where you need to strengthen, knowing that Janine Becky. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think obviously with Janine, I think we're all disappointed, but I don't think it's coming as a, as a surprise. Like a player like Janine Becky should be playing. Needs we game play. time. Yeah. yeah. We can right. we and you know what? I'll be honest with you. I thought she, like she loves Manchester, and I honestly thought if she's going to be suited anywhere, it would be United. Um, because look, if you've got Golson, Janine Becky, mate, I'm telling you now, I, I think it's a missed opportunity. Missed the trick, but yeah, the thing is, it it, it, and, um, it comes you know, back to what you were saying at the beginning. And this is the thing about the international break. Why now? Not enough, te- not enough teams in the league. Not enough league games. And then you've got a, a, an Olympic gold medal winner yeah. who's not had enough game time in the WSL. We've and and as we've still not really seen her at her best, which is unbelievable. Look, she has been like. Her attitude and her application and her willingness to to drop in and out of positions and learn new positions to help us out of the shit <laughs> has been amazing. You know what I mean? And nobody can be um, filled with more gratitude for how she's kind of given so much to the club. But I kind of feel we've not given anything back in terms of, right, we because you've shown that you know you're dedicated to the club and thank you we're going to give you some minutes on the pitch and and obviously he, he Janine Becky for me in terms of Gareth Taylor wasn't part of his plans yeah. do you know what I mean and yeah. four, four, four seasons I think it is at the club it's a long time for a player especially a, an international player to be at a club um, you know, away from home, away from you know what she's used to, essentially. So, you know, she's been she's un- been unbelievable for the club, and um, yeah, 
it's sad to see a girl, but totally understand the reasons behind it. And she needs to be playing week in, week out. Simple. Yeah, she Top will be. She, and she, she will be. Yeah, she'll be playing in warmer weather, that's for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, we're going to talk a little bit about the... We're going to go over some WSL um, results and a little bit more after this. Stay there. Don't go anywhere, Ma. I'm back. Um, right, the results. God, let's go. Let's talk about the results. Let's just rattle through yeah. them. Um which is really interesting. Where, where is my where is my um, list of things? There they are. Um, Birmingham, who everyone believes is going to be up for a tonking, apparently. Oh, uh, yeah. Nil um, at Birmingham nil, Everton nil. Um, obviously West Ham, we know, and Manchester City. Manchester United won. Brighton nil. Uh, Leicester, sorry Leicester, uh, zero. Arsenal five. Tottenham, what happened there? Nil, Aston Villa, well done, yeah, Carla Ward, one, nil. and Chelsea, five, Reading, what's going on, Reading, nil. Um, interesting <laughs> scores, mm. interesting scores. Tottenham have fallen away a little bit, um, I, and I know that the game between um, Villa and Spurs would have been in, in, intense and feisty. Mm. Uh, Manchester United, Brighton, Man United, I think they were more than happy with the one nil. Um, I did watch some of this game. Uh, uh, the, you can hear the fans, obviously, you know, giving the ref aggro. <laughs> well, every every decision, <laughs> any, any decision, any challenge that looks fair is not fair. Um, but that that's not just them. That's every fan, I believe, because um, I went to, I'm going to talk about the, the game that I went to in the championship, the Palace Blackburn game. Um, but, you know, in terms of, 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 of the WSL, it's kind of panning out in terms of what's happening at the bottom. There's a little bit of settled the teams in the middle that are kind of like not going for a good patch. And then we've got the top four, five, having, you know, kind of mixed bag results, need to score goals, not getting the results, etc. So it's, it's it, the, the end of the season is, is being, for me, predictable right now. Um, it, the most interesting part really is about who's going to finish in the, the Champions League, who's going to be third and fourth. That's mm. that's that's the, the most interesting part of the WSL. I'll say it, I'll say it again. I've said it before. The WSL will, be, will become more interesting and competitive if the FA, who are the guardians of the game, are bold enough and increase the number to 16 and just say we are bringing up four teams from the Championship. And I'll. And we've called it out, and it is, and I'll, I'll say, I'll choose my language carefully. If the international players can go to England and play against Luxembourg, some postman, lorry driver, you know, classroom assistant, whatever, who, whatever jobs they've got, and call it an international and get a cap, then I don't see why there needs to be limitations placed on teams in the Championship playing in the WSL when they're part time. Doesn't make sense. Mm. It is a false argument. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think, you know, people will say that a lot of, obviously, international clubs um, haven't obviously got their investment the way that we have, fortunately. But I I don't know. It just needs a complete overhaul. We've been saying it for years. Um, and I think it, it's coming to more to the forefront now as... There are more eyes on the game. There are more opinions shared. 
there are more articles, there is more light on um, these kind of players, these kind of teams. And, you know, I think we have come a long way, really, in terms of the women game, women's game. When, you, you, you know, you look back, obviously... I mean, I remember when I first started watching, you know, Sue Smith and, you know, all those sort of like, you know, Rachel Yankee and, you know, everybody else, Kelly Smith. And like when I really got into the women's game, it was a totally different game then with a totally mm. different scope. And and now we're here and it's like, it just keeps going. It does keep going forward and there are a lot of positive conversations but there also needs to be a lot more consultancy um, and a lot more needs to be done, I think, um, just to, to bring it to where it needs to be, I think. Because I think people are going to... People need to be engaged and interested and I think, like you said, like compet- for me, competitive games, you know, I would much rather be playing a competitive game against, you know, a Reading or a West Ham, you know, where, you know, you, you, you can't predict what's going to happen in that game. And, you know, it's one of those where you win and, and it's like, God, you know, that was a really tough win, but, you know, we got the three points. Whereas, you know, you're turning these sides over and getting these high-scoring games. Um, again, it just proves, again, that there is, you know, such a gap that we need to be looking to, to bridge, you know. I mean, if you look at the, the table itself, you know, you look at the consistency in the top four teams at the moment, and then you look towards the rest of the table and you're thinking, there, there is, like... Where is where is the investment going to come? But then, again, you know the likes of Tottenham and and Brighton probably that have have really shone this season that have probably took people by surprise. You know who would have again like we've had it said it before. Who would have thought you know Tottenham would be in their mix? Mm. You know at, at, at the start of the season, nobody. You know every, everybody had it written already. You know Chelsea, Arsenal, City, whatever. Um, you know. United are there you, you know you can't discredit their you know commitment in terms of you know where they've come and where they've come from and in such a short time too um but then there are you know the sad stories of of like Everton and, and Birmingham and Leicester are doing good things but they're not necessarily it's not necessarily showing in the results so there is some disparates you know disparity there in terms of you know if you're just taking it solely on looking at obviously the table standings and the leagues and the points and the wins the losses and the draws there's so much more to think about yeah do you know what I'll be honest with you Liverpool are up and if you look to the championship table any team that's down to fifth Bristol Palace Sheffield United London City Lionesses all could compete in the WSL. All of them. All of them. Durham. Charlton. Lewis. Whoever finishes in the top four, it's not about me trying to say, oh, you know, I watch certain teams. It could be any of the top four teams. Any. Whoever, wherever they finish, you could say, right, we're going to bring them up. 
we're going to allow them to come up we're going to remove you know why i find sometimes the the the, the limitations put on growing the women's game really frustrating because it's within the world that we sit in and you can see with all of the horrors that are happening around ukraine and people are opening up their homes for people and saying you can come you can get your visa we've got people in war-torn countries we can get dogs and cats out and we can fly them out but you ask them to do anything about football it's all we're not sure you know we had covid people found a vaccine within 12 months oh great you know it allows us to get on with our lives but with football we're not sure and I'm like thinking seriously, there have been real world problems that, that everyone has had to contend with. Mm-hmm. And all you need to do is shift four teams from one column to another column on your accountancy board and go, we're trying the next. That's all you need to do. Yeah. I mean. Not hard. Th- there is. I, th- I think there needs to be. I mean, they've. Th- you know they've put these plans in place that these pathways and they've talked about you know what they want to do how they want to grow the game all these is and they keep going on it's, it's true you know and but there is nothing about the structure there is nothing about the pyramid there is nothing you know and it's got to come people are crying out for it you know we can still see it's evident that the standards um, you know, we, we talk about it being, you know, one of the best leagues um, in the in the country, in, in Europe. And, you know, it, it's almost failing in terms of the officiating, you know, week in, week out. There is always something. It is just ridiculous. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't shine... Um, doesn't kind of give the best kind of light, shine the best kind of light on the league. It you know, for and it just for all the wrong kind of reasons. You know, we've seen fans have spoke out about scheduling, um, you know, clashes and and things like that, and and they're becoming frustrated now by the broadcasting and the TV picks because it's the scheduling. It is so like unreasonable you know um it obviously it fits it works well for them you know half six after the football's finished you know we can get squeeze another game in but for those fans that are you know making the trips and and really wanting to travel you know when we talk about growing the intent attendances and getting fans to games how how do they feel that that's going to happen if they're expecting (laughs) fans to travel unreasonable hours for unreasonable distances you know week in and week out Um, because they expect football fans to look like vampires only come out at night I mean I can't I've done it a few times this season how people do it you know every other week um, and you know we've all been on the back end of it we've all had it you know we've you know we've had like Arsenal with us at you know, stupid kickoff, and we've been down there for stupid kickoffs, and you know, West Ham again. You know, a lot of fans had to set off at like four o'clock and four o'clock in the morning to get to a football game for like what? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> you know what no, I mean? it's just no, that, no, the thing is that standard in terms of Premier League. Like me being in the south, when I did did attend Old Trafford, that was the time I had to leave 
well, I had to leave home before then to get to the coach and the coach yeah. is leaving at like, so it is, that's what they expect fans to do regardless. So, you know, if you, you, you're in love you, with your club, if you, if you, if you love it, but I think let, you, let's... If you're team, you will travel the length and breadth. Yeah, I get that. I, I think, yeah. Everyone I, that does it is... It's, 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 I think it's very difficult to actually expect that from a fan base that is still growing. With the Premier League, you know there's going to be a little bit of slippage because someone's going, I'm not getting up and doing that. But at the same time, they're going to be people who are committed and go, yeah, I definitely want to yeah. go because I want to be part of this thing. Um, yeah. I, I need to talk. I need to talk about um, the championship. I, I went to watch um, Crystal Palace. How can I forget? I went to watch Crystal Palace play uh, Blackburn. Uh, I, I'm, I've always entertained when I go down to watch Crystal Palace uh, and uh, when they play. Uh, and you know. I, some people may say that I'm a fan. I've got to say something about London City Linus as well because I'd be in trouble with both teams. Um, but I do enjoy watching the games. Um, and I was quite surprised with the bench that Palace had. They had a strong bench. The Baptiste on the bench. Farrell was on the bench. Uh, Wilson was on the bench. Um, Blackburn had a strong team generally. But uh, both teams started well. Uh, trying to find little spaces in between uh, the lines of the midfield and the defence to, to, to kind of get a, an, an early opening. Uh, a little bit of a scramble at one point in, in the penalty area uh, for one team. can't remember which one exactly, but I think it was for um, Palace. Um, no, it's for Blackburn, actually. Um, uh, and what I, was, what I was taken aback by with this team is that there was the change of formation as personnel. They've got a young player and the manager at Palace, Dean, apologies. He won't like me saying this. Um, they've got a left-back, Lizzie Waldy. She's young, about 19, 20, I think. Um, she's quiet. You know, she's, uh, she's very capable. I think she's she doesn't know how good she is. That's what I'm going to say. She's mm. a very good, a very good player and I think there's scope for her to be a brilliant player. Um, but that's down to the player and the team or, or the management. Um, but she had a um, playing long diagonal passes across by bypass the Blackburn um, defence, and then you know Molly Sharp's in for a nice little tap in to to, to put them one 0 up. And this game kind of had the sense of it was comfortable, but it 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 could it could really be uncomfortable because it was almost like too comfortable for Palace. They had lots of possession, but didn't do enough with it. Um, Blackburn in the first half kind of set up in a very defensive line. It looked like they were playing playing five at the back. Um, and but what I did like about Blackburn when they were playing is that they were very fluid on the counter attack and when they were actually moving forward, their their passing range was great. And you know when you watch a team play and they pass the ball and it's not like it, it, it's so fluid. It's almost like they know one. It's a very telepathic way of mm. passing. You can see it normally. Some teams are kind of like there's a a player received the ball and they touch and they look and they touch and they look and then they pass. It was not necessarily like that for Blackburn. There was a little bit of fluidity, which I thought, okay, there's a rhythm to them that that does stick out. <coughs> um, you know, but, you know, obviously the, the game went, went. Um, I say obviously, it did go Palace's way. Uh, Blackburn did score. Very good slick move, passing move. And Blanchard scored. Uh, but uh, substitutions were key for Palace. Uh, with a strong bench, Wilson on, um, Baptiste on, um, you know, changed the dynamic for Palace. They were much more kind of get up and go in terms of uh, the, the Blackburn defence had to, more to contend with, especially Baptiste's like one-on-ones with the dribbling that just had the, the, the defender all in. I thought she was on one of those little, 
you know, circus, you know, the, the fairground ride. It was like spinning back. I didn't know. I could, I, I was dizzy. I was watching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but overall, a really good performance, I feel, from Palace because I think they needed it. it towards the end of the season. Always good to end on a high. Blackburn, you know, they'll be upset that they did, didn't get three points or at least a draw. Um, you know, what what I did like about the game is the players that stood out for me. Jordan, um, really good. I, I like a link-up player up front. Uh, Blanchard was good. Richards, who kind of stepped out of defence and kind of ran with the ball through midfield. Really good link-up play. I, I almost think, why is she playing in defence? She could be centre mid, midfield and dominate the midfield from there, but didn't. Uh, for Palace, Haynes, Wilson and Baptiste, obviously, um, you know, really important kind of contributions when they, they came on. Um, but who really stood out for me was a young player called Hennessy, Miss Hennessy, as I call her. She was up front for Palace. I think she's about 17. Really impressed with, with her. Balanced, skillful, like full of running. Hold-up play was really good and willing to get stuck in. And yes, she did deserve that yellow card because she body-checked the player and she gave the player a look before she did it. Yeah, not 10, because it wasn't a ref. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know the number in terms of um, fans that turned up, but there were so many people there with cameras. I was like thinking, damn, these guys aren't pressing. There's so many people, lots of people there watching, really good. Um, and they were giving the ref no end of jib when it didn't go their way. And, and I think that's just part and parcel of the game, you know, but... Um, Really good game, but you know, in terms of the the WSL two or FA FAWC, um, the results strange. Watford three, Durham three. Seriously, how's that? How did that happen? Mm. Uh, London City Lionesses win, but two goals in their London derby against Charlton. Uh, Sheffield United um, win away against Lewis, and Lewis have kind of fallen. They're usually they've been quite solid, and they've been conceding mm. a few goals, and Sunderland. Uh, I did catch uh, one of their Twitter spaces, uh, the Roker Report. I think it's Roker Report. They were talking about their Player of the Season awards. Uh, Sunderland nil, Coventry United nil. So Coventry get a point. So it means the table is really interesting. Coventry, you know, there are still some games that they've got games in hand. They could kind of get close to Watford, who are just above them. But it is all it is all so interesting the championship mm. i do love it and there is i was thinking um you know in terms of like the best players or the best 11 from the championship there's a player um that i've seen a couple of times play for um sunderland who i've i really really like um abby joyce abby joyce i've never seen a midfield player run with the ball as like just pick it up from deep and just go past players like they're not there and find a pass you know as well. I love seeing that. I and find a pass. Yeah, I love that. I love the, you know, because obviously a lot of teams now play out from the back and, I, you know, a lot, it, it kind of like, <clears throat> it's such a modern way to play, isn't it? Playing out from the back now and you see so much, so many, so many teams sort of implement that philosophy and, you know, it's. I just love seeing like a good old like, you know, <laughs> crest and the, you know, just really going for it. You know, just seizing the opportunity to, you know, see the space to vision, 
where they want to be and just going for it you know and just having that bit of confidence to just do it and, and just to take to take it um you know I've just seen a, a lot of Lucy Bronze doing that recently as well and it I love watching it especially as well when you're at a game live yeah you yeah. know um I, I don't necessarily get feel that you get you get it in the same way um when you're watching this you know watching a game at home but when you're there and you can see it and you you're watching a player with a ball and you, you can just like see how their mind's ticking you know and it and to see it come to fruition on the pitch I yeah. think it's fantastic especially when it comes off as well it's it's awesome yeah, yeah I mean it, it is awesome but uh, I, I mean I was listening to the Twitter space and I, you know they're, they're worried about a number of their players that could be on their way to other clubs I'm not saying they will but you know they, they've got talent in that team they've got talent in that team they've got talent in throughout the league but you know, Sunderland have got some real talented players. And I, I actually thought if I was picking like a best 11, I would have, to, I, I believe I'd put Joyce in the midfield. I'd almost like she'd be my first pick. Because, mm. you know, you, you get players in positions you're like, yeah, they're a good left back. They're a good right back. They're a good centre mid. They're, they're right, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're centre forward. We know that. But when you've got someone who's going to pick the ball up and think, right, I'm going to run with this. And whoever's next to me, you're not getting one. You're not going to get hold of the ball, and two, you're not getting me. Mm-hmm. And if you do get close to me, I would have passed the ball on to my compadre, you know, compadre, and they will go on and do the next part of of this play. But I'm running with the ball, and that's it. And yeah. sometimes you need you need someone like that in your team to break it up because it's like pass, 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 and you think, well, who's going to run? And if the running is only coming from the wings, and your wingers come up against really competent fullbacks. Yeah. Then you're stuck because you then don't go anywhere. Yeah. You know? But that doesn't bother Liverpool because they've got someone who's throwing the ball in like they're taking shots <laughs> for some reason. You know what? I forgot how much I miss Megan Campbell sometimes. My God. I saw what she when oh. they, 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 they came oh. down to I, I told you I went I'm, I'm at Palace a lot, so I watched them. And I saw her take a throw in, and I just thought, what the? I know. I think to have, there aren't many players with that in their locker. Um, no, 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 when you say players, I'm talking across. Anyway. No, just players. Yeah. Regardless um, of gender. This is a, yeah. this is a serious I know, comment. But yeah, no, I'm not bringing gender into it. But like, um, I, haven't, I haven't really seen it in the women's game. Um, and I, I, just feel that you know and I know in some of the games where she's come on for City you know and we've been in the the dying minutes and you know Megan Campbell's come on to take a throw and you know yeah I remember one time where we scored I can't remember who we were playing against but it was from a Megan Campbell throw in and it was just beautiful it was just it was just Unbelievable! Like, aye, aye. and and then it's it's kind of rare when you see it happen and you get the goal from it. But when it happens, oh my god, it is sensational! <laughs> I'm just looking. I saw it's the trajectory of the ball. Yeah, it's that, the run. I, it's the curve. It. I, I remember. I, just thought, I remember one time wow. she went to do it and she went so far back to take the throw in that she 
went into the the board, the boardings, <laughs> and everyone was laughing their head off, and even she was laughing um, because she was just trying to get that run right um, to take it. But I've noticed a lot more now that it, it's 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 less direct; it's more curved. Curved, yeah, and that's because yeah. some of the pitches are close. <laughs> She's yeah. had to adapt to run. A lot run. smaller, aren't they? Yeah, a lot smaller. Um, you know, I'm going to try and get. To... And also, oh, great because, you yeah. know, sorry, just to add, um, you know, Megan Campbell, she's she has suffered yeah. injuries, um, you know, which have, you know, put her on the back burner on the sidelines, and she's she's had, not had much opportunity to to enjoy that success and and play a part in it. And it's just great to see her contribute in such a way as well that, you know, really, you know, especially with them winning the League Two and she's had a part to play in that and not just been, you know, watching from the sidelines. She, she's, she's been a real key player for them as well where in, the, in the games that she's played and, you know, the contributions that she's made. All right, yeah, not on the score sheet, but she contributes contributes so much in so many different ways, Megan Campbell, and she's such a lovely person too. And you know, it's a there are a lot of lovely girls in that team uh, that are just have have bided their time, that have been patient, and mm. and have you know bought into the process and and got their reward for it now. And yeah, you know, you like that, to do it. No, I mean, the, the, rightly at the top of the league rightly promoted but you know some good players and i you know i'm i'm a massive advocate of the the championship i love it i i just love watching the teams in this league mm-hmm. you know it's 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 good it's it's a really good standard and there's a lot of hard work that goes in from <coughs> the people Sorry. behind the players the staff you know i know that they are, you know if you've got a part time team you got part-time manager it means he's got a full-time job yeah you know and he's got to deal with the players and still have a life or try to have a life but you know football takes over everything yeah and look listen regardless of of being you know a level below um you know the WSL Mm. it is a 12-team league similarly to that of the WSL yeah um and it's a professional league you know, regardless of if they're part-time team or not, it's played to a professional standard with players um, committing to obviously training to, mm. you know, um, being a part of the, the preparations in terms of match day and being professional, yeah. not just off the pitch, but on it too. Uh, yeah. Their dedication yeah. and their sacrifices that they make as yeah. well as you know what goes on in their their personal lives. Yeah, that's it. I like that plug on and off the pitch. That's right, people. That's right. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, on and off. <laughs> on and, on and off the pitch. You can find true. you can find us there on Twitter. There you go. Yeah. Um, there you go. I'll take that off now. I don't need that. <laughs> um, and before we we've got one more thing I want to kind of talk about, but I need to go back to the the Palace Blackburn game and um. Coral Jade Haynes was on. It's always, always strange when you say a player's full name, isn't it? It's kind of like respect. Don't call me by my surname. Give me my full name. Uh, Haynes uh, was on the score sheet. Um, from, in my opinion, I think this was the best game I've seen her have in a good few months. And um, 
that's that's the performance that I remember a few months ago where composed, um, assured, and and you know aware of what the responsibility was because I, there were some of the games and I just thought just lost, but this game was definitely the one that reminded me of what what I saw of her many months ago and I'm thinking okay this is the performance so yeah not just just talk about Lizzie Waldy because Lizzie Waldy's good I like Lizzie Waldy um it's very good you, you pretty much you pretty much plotted every single player in that season well no <laughs> no 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 not, not every single player not every single player not every not every single player but you know um when you watch you spend a lot of time watching players you just think to yourself okay yeah that's, look, good, that's good that's good that's good I like if that it, I like if it, it's uh, you know, a team team game, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've you got know. to look at you got to look at all of the little things and think what they did well. Obviously, that not everything goes well, but I think yeah. the the games like that where you obviously you know you break the deadlock, the opposition finds a way back in, yeah, and then you go on and win the game, yeah. I think yeah. you know. That's ultimately how you know if if you want a really positive result, that's you that's, know there's a lot to take away from those yeah. sort of games. So, um, you know, like you said, it, it it's it's good, and you know, a, again, you know, a, a top top three team, and you know, in the in the thick of it too. So, that's it, what that's what is needed. I I'm I'm banging yeah, the drum for the championship. The thing is, as well, like. You know, once promotions decided, there's mm. not all that much to play for. Only sort of the table standings, and right. You know what I mean? Like it's a bit, it's a bit frustrating, really. But they'll still want to, you know, of course see they will. The season of get the results will. and finish as you know. Every team wants to finish as high as they can yeah, at the table. Yeah, so yeah. you know, I, even though there's nothing less to play for, you know, yeah. they've still got to take pride in where they're going to end up. All, all of them, all of them will, all of them will. But I'm, I'm just an advocate for the, for, for what I see as, as being right. And I you see these teams. In it. Yeah, I see yeah, these teams have been able to go and play in the WSL. As much as they're in, the, I love watching them in the championship. But they are good enough. They are yeah. good enough. Yeah, and, and that's what you need to be. The thing is, they will get better. You know, you've yeah. talked, you spoke about a lot of young players tonight. You've, you've yeah. identified some young players within that league that have got potential, and they are now in an environment where they can grow and can develop at players as players. You know, and might be the next big thing. You don't know. This is this is the beauty of the game. You know, there are so many names now that are coming up. That yeah, and it, and it's great. You know, yeah. we're all so familiar with those players in the WSL, and you know, but there's equality, and you know, just as good a player in in the in the championship that aren't necessarily getting that recognition, and you know, clubs will be scouting, you yeah. know, for that talent. If there's talent there, they yeah. they will be scouting it. Yeah, I think so, Miss Hennessy, because I did mention her, I think she's on loan from Arsenal, so. You know they've got talent there, and they, and and that's the thing that kind of not so bugs me. I just think there are so many young players that not getting game time. So if they're going to get it at, in the championship, then 
you know, I, I just want to see players play football. Yeah. You know, that's what I want to see. Um, right, I'm conscious of time, Emma, and your tea. Uh, right, there's one thing that I want to talk about. I want your, your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Barcelona and big crowds, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, we're talking Champions League now. Everyone obviously would have tuned in on 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 the, the zone channel and watched Barcelona play Real Madrid at, at the, the the Camp Nou and saw the crowds there. And the question I have for you: Do you think that that can happen in the UK? Honestly, I would love to think that it could, but, but not. Yes. Probably not in my life. Not in my <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the reason I say that is because I saw so many tweets afterwards about the crowd size, and it was, you know, monumental, and yeah. and it was amazing for those that were there and everything else. And you know, there were one or two tweets I saw talk about you know, this is what we need in, in, in WSL and, you know, the clubs aren't doing enough and they need to invest and promote and this and that. You know, there's there's a whole ecosystem within within the UK that doesn't do enough for the women's game. Do you not, almost, just the, not just do the clubs. Almost, do you almost feel, though, that NL Classico kind of sells itself? Well, 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 I'll tell you, it, it does sell itself. But I'll tell you this: I've been to Barcelona a number of times. Not, I, I mean, a quite, I mean, a lot. So, number a lot. And when I first went there with my partner, we went and we watched games. And we've been every time we've been, we've been to the to the ground to watch a game. And it is a very different atmosphere and a very different feel and a very different approach to a Premier League game and a game in the women's game here. It's a very different. It's a very family-based approach. Their kickoff times are in the night. And when you go to a ground and you see families with their little children, age seven, eight, nine, at football, at nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night, it tells you everything about the sport. Mm. It tells you everything about the culture of the game. There are not many people that will take their children out of the house beyond seven o'clock to watch football because they're not quite sure of what might happen, whether it will be safe, how will they get back, all of these factors. Mm. What that said to me in terms of the crowd size, it wasn't about it being women's football. It was that these players were wearing the shirts of Real Madrid and Barcelona. That's what it said. Had nothing to do with their gender. Like you said, classical sells itself that's it it doesn't matter whether you go to men's football didn't you hear what barcelona playing real madrid what when i'm getting they don't care who's playing they don't care who's wearing the shirt the thing the thing is as well like obviously that's translated to the to the next round and and obviously Wolfsburg sold out as well and that this kind of thing it's like people have seen it the media the hype the it as a spectacle obviously it's been put on the platform on social media and now people want another piece of it. People that weren't there perhaps are thinking, oh yeah, I want I want to get involved with this and see what what, what this is actually like. It looked incredible. And it did. It looks amazing. <laughs> that amazing. you know I mean every Tom Dick and Harry, I think I think there was a, a massive surge of people traveling from like here 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, journalist anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. Um, I've been, I've uh, been a taste of it. Yeah, I've been there many times, and I've watched the game many times, and. You know, it's a very different feel to go and watch a game at the Camp Nou than it is to go and yeah. watch the game anywhere. It really I, is. I've never had the privilege. Well, I've never been to a World Cup, so there you go. Yeah. I've never been to a championship. Yeah, I mean, there's loads of stuff I would love to do. There's loads of grounds I would love to go to. Yeah. Um, and hopefully one day I will. And, you know, I, I, I'm kind of savouring those sort of moments for hopefully, you know, Maybe a Champions League trip, you know, maybe an FA Cup when I can go to lose. I'd, I'd, I would love that. Do you know what I mean? A dripping pan, bring it on. Yeah. You know, I, I just, like, I'm all for that, you know. And I, I kind of, I, I would love to go to those games, but then I would love to go and watch yeah. my, you know, watch my team and have that match day experience as, yeah. a, as a special thing. Do you know what I mean? And I know there are a lot of people that, they like to travel with the game and and are advocates for the women's game that are just go to whatever game they can get to. And I think that's great too. Um, but yeah, there's so many, that's what I love about the game. You never know where it's going to take you next and what kind of experiences you're going to have. And that looks incredible. And listen, that is probably going to be for Barcelona. Now I can't, I can't envisage that, you know, that's going to drop off, you know, they'll be, getting really good Listen. crowds now for the foreseeable, you know, and, and good for them. Good for them. They Listen. play great football. And look that, at how, again, another team that's, you know, doing great things in, and and really lighting up the women's game. And yeah, it, it, why not? It's Barcelona. It's Bar- you said it's good football, Emma, but it's not just good footballer. football. It's Barcelona's football. That's what I just said, though. After, it's Barcelona. It's Barcelona's you know? football. It's like Real Madrid, you know what I mean? It, two massive titans of the yeah. footballing world, and they there are now lighting up the women's game too, and rightly so. Right. So with that, with that, I, I want you to say this. This will be the last thing we discuss, and I'm going to let you have the last word. Because of that game, right, do you see now that... Barcelona and Real Madrid have positioned themselves as the driving force to grow the game around the world. After this tournament, yes. They've set a bar. They've set the bar. I think they've set the bar. And you can't, you know, it's, it's unbelievable, really. I mean, to think how Leon have dominated that game, that tournament for as long as they have to now transition to this sort of new era of, um, especially when, it, you know, looking at the Champions League, um, I think it's good for good for the game, good for the women's game, good for the, the Champions League brand and UEFA as a whole, I suppose. But, but yeah, I, I, look, they're doing it and they're doing it well. And I think marketing it, promoting it well. Um, there's a lot for other clubs, I think, that can take away from it and learn from it too. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think whenever these games crop up now, I think there is going to be an expectancy and I'm certainly sure that there's going to be an audience for it and we're just going to see massive 
attendances for these sort of games, 90 plus or whatever it was. I noticed some, somebody loved it that much that they went and got the actual attendance tattoos on their arm. <laughs> I mean, it tells you everything you need to know. Okay. Really, it? A bit hickey. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get like the last day of the season. It'll be like 1,572 or something. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Not the same. Yeah, we're, we're a long way away, but in terms of, in terms of growth, massively yeah it's if 10 years ago we'd be having this conversation and there'd be an al classicals with 90,000 plus I'd be like yeah nah nah it's not gonna happen but it's massive for the game it's massive you had the last word you had the last word I'm not commenting on it that'll be the next (laughs) one not not um, Emma, thanks for coming on. We're a little bit over time, but I really enjoyed our little chit chat. No worries. Yeah, me too. Thank you for having me. I appreciate That's it. That's right. It's, it's part of the furniture. You've got nowhere else to go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's it for this episode. I'm Rodney Fareth, and that's Emma. You can see her Twitter handle there. Those of you, and those who aren't listening, it's what is it to, uh, for those who are listening? Um, what's the Twitter handle, Emma? Sorry. My Twitter handle is... Yeah, not mine. <laughs> it's Emma, Emma underscore shown, S-H-O-N-E. And where can we find you? On Twitter. Oh. <laughs> um, you can't find me. On a, on a podcast somewhere. But yeah, um, uh, I've got the Man City Women fancast, which is at MCW fancast as well. Yeah, we got there in the end. Thank you. All right, then. Until next time, everyone. Laters. Ciao. Thank <laughs> you.